You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. We're talking today about what's going on in the, the group marketplace, where we are today, and what we can expect uh, coming up here in 2017 which is going to be a major year for the future of uh, the Affordable Care Act, in my view. And we're joined by Stuart Sloan here on the program as guest co-host. And we're talking about uh, last segment, what, what's happening uh, with the individual marketplace and how some premium increases are going to be happening uh, for a fact. And then also what's happening in the, in the smaller group uh, marketplace. Why don't uh, I'm going to hand it back over to Stuart. Why don't you uh, uh, pick up where you were uh, before we ran up against that timeout? Sure, sure. Happy to, Sean. Uh, the real threat to employer-sponsored coverage may simply be its costs. Health insurance is expensive because health care is expensive. And that's what we're running up against. And particularly, as you indicated, as we go into the 2017 renewal uh, year, it's going to be a, a bloodbath out there for many employers, uh, individuals searching for you know, for for options that they can really afford and handle. Um, the growth of insurance plans built around small networks of healthcare providers is fueling a new fight over surprise medical bills. Uh, providers and insurers are blaming each other for sticking patients with higher bills in such cases, uh, and this thing is is going to really explode this year. Surprise bills occur when a patient receives care at an uh, out-of-network, at an in-network hospital, but end up being treated by an emergency physician, anesthesiologist, or radiologist, or other hospital-based specialist who doesn't accept the same insurance. Hmm. And this problem is going to get worse this year as many carriers have gone to narrow networks uh, to limit the number of doctors and hospitals to lower their costs. Uh, 75% of the plans sold on healthcare.gov this year offer no out-of-network coverage except for emergencies. That's going to create huge problems. So really it depends upon where you receive treatment and how the hospital is staffed uh, when you receive these surprise medical bills that nobody really wants. And so I guess the next question, Sean, is, you know, how are companies handling this? What, you know, what are they doing? What's what's the future here? The near the near term future. I mean, do you think there's um, a, a lack of awareness right now <laughs> amongst many people about about what's actually coming? And, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't think this is talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. I think probably uh, people see the end result of higher costs. They don't know where it's coming from or why it's coming, mm-hmm. or the fact that it's coming now. Those that have followed your show over a period of time, Sean, understand that the Affordable Care Act goes into the 2017 plan year with the reinsurance, the three mechanisms built into the law, disappear as of January 1, which means that all these plans now stand on their own in 2017 uh, without any protection. The only way that the government can offset those, those costs in 2017 is by rating the Treasury, mm-hmm. which they're allowed to do by the Affordable Care Act. So they but would bail out insurance they, companies? Yeah. 
So let's let's back up one step here in terms of what are insurance companies doing. The healthcare companies losing all of these uh, this money since 2010 by costs that were higher than they expected, with people who were sicker than they expected, and with fewer numbers of sign-up participants than they expected. So they're now having to go back to their bottom line and seeing that the only way for them to survive in providing an insurance mechanism is to get bigger, not better. So what they're doing is they're looking to uh, to uh, consolidate with other providers. On the table right now is more than $40 billion of potential mergers. The big ones and the big names are Aetna and Humana. And uh, United is the only one that's not involved. And the other big one, pending the Justice Department review, is Anthem and Cigna. Hmm. Both of these have been seen by the Justice Department last month, who talked about their reservations in terms of what needs to be done in order to make sure uh, that these merges go through. And some of the other things that are happening is that uh, some of the states, some of the plans are, are dropping the bronze plans from their, uh, their offerings this coming year. And there's great concern that that's going to affect the offerings in the state-based exchange. Uh, plan offerings in the individual marketplace tend towards lower-cost options, while higher-cost options such as gold and preferred provider organizations are generally preferred in the small group marketplace. Mm-hmm. So that's really what, what is, is happening there. The other thing, Sean, I want to bring to your attention, I know you're aware of it. We, we spoke about this a couple of days ago. The uh, the federal appeals court just uh, struck down the Obamacare provision on insurance standards. One of the things that is going to be allowed this year is indemnity fixed benefit indemnity plans uh, to be sold to employers, which may not apply and comply with Obamacare. But what's going to happen in the marketplace, some of these low-cost options are going to be offered, and people are going to look into them to buy them and to pay the $695 penalty together with it as compliance to Obamacare. That's going to have a severe impact on the marketplace this year. I think the $11.1 million that were already involved and paid their premiums in Obamacare through the end of March – I think that number is going to drop as we look into the 2017 uh, planned year, Sean. Well, first of all, let's be clear. Um, we were told that it was going to have 32 million people um, on the marketplace uh, by, by the year 2020, correct? Mm-hmm. And so do you think that they will make that happen? No. no do you, do you think the happen. insurance companies think that uh, this is just a bad deal gone wrong? It's a bad deal, and the only way for them to survive to be a provider to Obamacare uh, really is to combine and consolidate. Uh, because, again, using the law of large numbers, they're in a better position to negotiate with physician groups, uh, hospitals, and other health care providers. And they stand a chance of, uh, of coming out at the other end. Um, you know, if you think about any any normal business, Sean, 
how much can a business continue to stay on red ink over a period of time and not take some major action? And that's what we're seeing here with these attempts at consolidation. We're talking with Stuart Sloan, president of SIG Consulting uh, here on America's Healthcare Challenge. On that point, Stuart, we, uh, we're talking about uh, you know, the medical loss ratio uh, before. Um, the, the incentives almost don't even line up for these insurance companies in that they're, they're limited to the essentially amount of, of money that they can make, right? Yeah. <clears throat> if you look at what's been paid out versus what was promised by these three tiers of reinsurance, they've been paid 13% of what they were promised in terms of shoring up their losses, meaning that the carriers that are involved in the Obamacare uh, marketplace have taken millions and millions of dollars worth of huge losses. As I said, no major corporation could do that in any other industry for any length of time, which is the reason why these mergers are likely. And it has to happen for them to survive and also for them to continue to provide product uh, to the uh, Affordable Care Act. So what does this actually, at the end of the day, mean for uh, consumers of health care? It doesn't sound very good to me. <clears throat> well, what you can uh, ballpark this is, is the following. There'll be fewer carriers in the respective marketplaces. There'll be fewer plan choices. When you look at the plan choices, the cost will be higher this coming year. You're going to see narrow networks of providers. You're going to see uh, tighter uh, RX formularies uh, as providing entities. And the big picture is there's not enough numbers going to back up the Affordable Care Act to make it a viable marketplace for it to survive. Something major has to change. And we won't begin to see those changes until we get a new president, a new administration next year. That's really what the future is. So we really have to look in terms of sweating through the 2017 renewal year in order to get at the other end of what's going to be provided by a new Congress as remedial steps here. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it, Sean. I see. That's great. That's great. That's Stuart Sloan. Hey, uh, how about uh, another segment here, Stuart? We want to got a couple more things we wanted to to get into. Does that sound okay? We, I'm uh, here. All right, fantastic. Uh, time out. Uh, time here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, by the way, if you uh, like what you hear, check out our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com/slash/EdBellis, uh, I believe is what it is, and uh, you can just search America's Healthcare Challenge because there's over 500 segments that uh, would come up, including. Interviews with uh, senators, governors, uh, industry experts like Stuart and others. Uh, If this is the first time uh, you're listening, thank you for checking us out. And we will be right back after a brief timeout with more uh, on the latest changes in the healthcare industry.